Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. So welcome back to Gay with God. I'm so excited that you guys are still coming back and that you love these stories. I love these stories and I'm so happy to always be able to bring them to you. So I want to introduce you to someone that's very special to me. Her name is Martha Lewis and I just I just love her. I, I want to tell people she's kind of like saucy, uh, like the, the best salsa you've ever tasted. And then she's just sweet as honey. I mean, she's in this combination. You better watch her because she's going to come at you with a little bit of heat, but she's the sweetest person that you'll ever, ever meet. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that's just apparently the way we are today on this rainy day. So Martha, welcome to Gay With God. Hey, pleasure to be here. So feel free to tell um, our listeners anything about you that you would like them to know before we get into your faith journey story, anything about um, your work, anything that you like to, you just want them to know about you, and then we'll get into your faith journey story. Uh, Well, let's see. Um, Right now I work in a prison. I've been there for 15 years. Uh, Before that, I was a EMT. So I kind of went from the fire to the frying pan. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. What was I thinking? Um, and I was actually raised in this town of Asheboro, where I was the uh, first girl back in 1972 to be allowed to play Little League Baseball. Wow. Yeah. There you go. There's a claim to fame right there. Absolutely. I got the pictures to prove it. That's right. That's right. You do. Well, girl, you know, you and I um, met a long time ago. Yes. um, In in the coffee shop in Asheboro. And it was just a chance meeting and I was peddling something. I was wanting to get somebody to buy something. I can't even remember now what it was. (laughs) Oh, the book. Yeah, that's right. The book. Um, Sheba, home is where your heart is. There's a plug. Go to my Second Chances Facebook group and you can see where that is. But anyway, um, <laughs> so that that was just a chance meeting. We met um, and that was about it until um, about a year ago or so. And I mean, we've, we've kind of, I guess, touched base in between that time, but um, um, through Facebook. But then about a year ago, you were one of the people that I talked with when I was starting my business and then was interviewing some of the people that I knew um, that were gay and also talking about running an LGBTQ group in town. Yes. And you guys had said, well, you should you should meet Father Joe and, and you know, come to the Good Shepherd. That's where we go. And I was my first thought, my first statement, I think, out of my mouth was, why do you go there? Yeah, I could not put my little my little head around the fact that, that people that were gay were going to church and also um, like a regular kind of church, not like a, a St. Mary's Metropolitan Community Church for mainly gay people. But um, so that was very interesting to me. And the more I get to know your story and the more I hear about the journey you've been on, I think our, our paths were very similar in a lot of different ways than the struggles we've had. So, 
So let's just start at the beginning with your faith journey story. When did you know you were gay? Well, you know, uh, going playing ball in high school, going to college, I never had a clue. And because I was playing sports, I didn't have time for romance. And, you know, I was a tomboy growing up, have three older brothers, older sister. I always kid everybody saying my sister is Miss Congeniality, Miss Princess this, Miss, I'm Miss Field and String. You know, that's me. We are totally opposite, but that, my sister is my hero. Let me just put that out there. <clears throat> so went to college, was there for four years, didn't have a clue, no clue whatsoever, played sports all through that. Well, uh, probably about a year after I graduated college, you know, I'm in my mom and dad's house. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go find an apartment, go find a couple of buddies, you know, just to rent a room from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to kind of get out from under their thumb, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a little backstory, I was raised in the local Baptist church here in this town. Um, I affectionately call it the Church of the Chosen Frozen. <laughs> So, you know, you go to church every Sunday, you got choir practice on Wednesday, GAs, you name it, youth choir, we were there. I mean, the Lewis family was going to be in that church. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in this church. Mm -hmm. And I can remember a very long time ago, just to give you a mindset of this church, they had the youth of the church. They wanted us to write letters when that program, you remember SOAP? Yes. They wanted us to write letters saying we condemn that show. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not writing no letter. I like the show. And I like the main character, Billy Crystal. Uh-huh. I'm like, I know people like that. <laughs> Didn't know what it was called, but I'm like, oh, he's funny. I like him. So. You know, growing up in this church, it was, this is the way it's got to be. You know, there is, it was the first time I heard somebody say amen in church, I about fell out to pew. Because <laughs> it just wasn't done. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, so back forward. Um, so I move in with uh, two girls. We shared a two-bedroom apartment. Now, at that time, when we when I moved in there, they said, hey, do you have a problem with it? We're together. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean together? <laughs> well, we're together. I mean, you could all, you always knew, you kind of knew, oh, they're a tomboy. They're this, they're that. So they were, you know, people are labeling people even back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care. What y'all do is what y'all do. I don't care. I'm not gay. Little did I know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm teaching Sunday school in church, um, going to, um, you know, getting some extra college classes in afterwards because I wanted to go to Southeastern Seminary. Wanted to be a youth minister. Well, one of the two girls in that relationship thought evidently that I was coming on to her girlfriend whoops (laughs) and I'm like huh (laughs) 
I'm like, is there a manual for this? Oh, <laughs> I have no. <laughs> so, you know, and I tried to assure them, no, you know, I'm just here until I can find a place of my own. I appreciate this, blah, blah, blah. So one Saturday night, they said, hey, we need a designated driver. We're going to go out to a party. Will you drive us? Because we know you don't drink. And I'm like, okay. So we went to Greensboro to the warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so here I am in the middle of a gay club in Greensboro. And I see half of my hometown. (laughs) And I'm like. Funny how that works out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They're going to think I'm gay. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just kind of sitting there. And I got like five or six phone numbers. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with these. I'm just sitting. I am the designated driver. This is my job. Because the next morning um, at the. At. The Church of the Chosen Frozen, they were going to give their approval, acknowledgement, you know, the congregation with the Southern Baptist, the whole church has to approve you to go to seminary. You have to get their blessing. Oh. So we go to the bar, and when I walked into the bar, I was like, oh, this is where I'm kind of comfortable here. You know, none of this is bothering me. Everybody's just having a good time. I'm like, well, there's something to this. And, but I immediately felt like I was home. Wow. You know, because um, I dated guys at college who actually turned out to be gay. (laughs) Yeah. We laugh about that later on now. I mean, I'm still friends with them and we kind of laugh about it. So, you know, we go to the club, we come home, I get them home safely. The next day, you know, I feel like I got this big L, (laughs) you know, because I feel like I'm home. I have found my people. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing in front of the church and, you know, this big chosen frozen church and they accept me or they acknowledge me and give their blessing to go to seminary. So I'm like, awesome. So I'm getting my stuff ready, my credentials, my papers and everything. Mom and dad are happy. Oh, they're going to have a child that's going to be a youth pastor in a church. Because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to reach out to youth. Probably about a month before I was supposed to leave, the church or the pastor of that church received an anonymous letter. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I love a coward who will write a letter and not sign their name. Uh Uh-huh. Because I'm the kind of person, you nailed it. I can be salty, saucy. I can be sweet. But, yeah, don't go after my integrity or my family name. That's that's a buzzkill right there. Right, right. (laughs) So this letter stated that I was in a relationship with another female that I had been, um, and they don't see how... I could stand up in front of a church where the only two people I had told were my two roommates. Uh, And I figure it was one of them because she thought I was hitting on her girlfriend or whatever. uh uh So the pastor of that church at the time, and I'm not going to give his name, Mm -hmm. um, 
called me into his office and he said, well, what's up with this letter? And I'm like, what letter? So he let me read it. And I'm like, there's no truth to this, you know, because evidently, I, like I said, I didn't know I was gay. I had no clue. And he says, well, this is a serious matter and we need to take back our recommendation that you go to seminary. Oh, wow. So not only did they send that letter to my pastor, they sent it to my parents. Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, Mark. So um, imagine the hornet's nest that I walk into. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and I can honestly say, I looked at the pastor and I was like, there's no truth to this. And he says, well, we have to take it back. Uh, we're not going to allow you to go. And I'm like, you're not going to allow me to go? Wow. He said, no. Now, as in a little while later, he was actually, he left the church because he was having an affair. Wow. Yeah. So that's just a little tidbit there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I walk into my folks' house and, you know, I'm upset. I am, I mean, I am pissed mm -hmm. because I am being, somebody has said something that isn't true. So I walk into my house, my mom and dad go, we got this letter. And I'm like, it's not true. There's, I took some girls that I was living with. I was being kind. I drove them to a club but there's no truth to this. And uh, they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I go get a job, I guess. Mm. You know, so I started playing industrial ball around. I mean, I was a pretty good ball player. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually hired me just to play ball. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, good job. <laughs> So there was one night that we uh, that I decided, well, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back up to Greensboro. I'm gonna go to the club, check it out. I don't want to have this stuff around me. And met a couple of my friends up there, and actually met this girl. Wow. And we were probably together about three years. Talking about going from the fire to the frying pan. Well, I went to fire, frying pan, frying pan, frying pan. <laughs> Until I met Char. Mm -hmm. now, I, met, I met Char online. Char's my wife. Uh, she was in uh, California and I was in North Carolina. Wow. And we met online and something just clicked. So we be, we'll be celebrating 25 years this coming February. Beautiful. So... <laughs> When they took my uh, recommendation away, I said, I will never step foot back in this church again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't for a long, 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 long time. And one of the pastors later, uh, <clears throat> he contacted me, he said, I want to sit down and talk to you. And I'm like, well, what church are you from? He said, oh, I'm from the Baptist church. I said, I don't want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want nothing to do with that church. <clears throat> and he said, well, he said, we've got a little offshoot of the church and it's called, um, ah, ah, so like, like A-A-H-H or something like that. Ah, 
A-W-E. Alternative Worship oh. Experience. Oh. oh. I was like, okay, well, where is it held at? He said, well, it's held in the parlor of the Church of the Chosen Frozen. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. And I told him what had happened. And I said, and I vowed I'd never step foot in this church again. So I said, you know, I started thinking, I'm like, you know, I haven't been in church for a long time. Now, I am a more spiritual person than I am a religious person. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's always the way I've been. I don't like structured religion. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I talked to Shara about it. I said, well, let's go try it out, see what it's about. So we walked in, and it was an alternative worship experience, but I had a panic attack just by stepping in, you know, and this is in the middle of me working in a prison. I walk in this place. There's three people in there that were former inmates. Oh, my goodness. Top that on top of the panic attack I'm having, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and that pastor, he called me, he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. He said, well, just come back next Sunday. I'm like, okay. So we went back next Sunday and it was a little better. You know, we're like, okay, well, maybe if this is our way of getting back into a church, even though it's alternative worship experience, um, we'll go. So we probably went off and on for about two years wow and you know and we kept telling them you know i want to be of service i want to help you know teens i want to be of service what can i do well we were told we could make coffee and bring it up at the beginning of the church service <laughs> i make a hell of a mean cup of coffee i bet you day. do girl <laughs> so I, I looked at Shara and said this just ain't it this uh-huh. is uh uh-uh. no this is just not it and so we still kept going haphazardly you know and during this time um my mom had been battling alzheimer's hmm. probably for about 10 11 years so now like i said this is the same church we were all raised in they knew my mom they knew, they knew the whole family so when my mom passed away, uh, we went to, oh, you know what? Let me back up. My dad had passed away in 2005. Now he had Parkinson's. So I actually came out to my sister then because I'm sitting here going, well, where's Shard going to sit at the funeral? Uh-huh. You know, my dad's dead and I'm trying to figure out how Shard's going to sit with us at the family. Yeah. You know, because my family is always like, well, who's this friend? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you have a lot of friends. <laughs> we, used to call, we used to call them um friends. You know, this is my um friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I actually came out to the, to my sister in the room I'm sitting in. Mm. And I said, I have a question. And she says, well, what is it? I said, uh, where is Char going to sit? She goes, what do you mean where's Shara going to sit? She's going to sit with you. And I'm like, is that okay? She goes, well, why wouldn't it be? And I'm like, oh, geez. And my sister started smiling. 
so she knew. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Shar and I are, are a couple. And my sister goes, a couple of what? Ah, <laughs> smart Ellie. <laughs> You're making this difficult. She goes, yes, I am. I said, LaRue, I'm gay. She goes, well, tell me something the whole family don't know. Oh. And I'm like, what? She goes, Martha, we've known. I said, does mom and daddy know? She goes, well, they kind of follow that don't ask, don't tell. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, just don't mention it. They'll never bring it up. And I'm like, that works for me. I said, but does everybody know? Yeah, the nieces and nephews love you to death. They they don't care. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. And that was such a weight oh, yeah. lifted. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going, whoo, hallelujah. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So the whole family knows except mom and dad. And so let me fast forward. So we're back at mama's funeral. Uh, my, my mom had passed away. And we were back in this church. And the one thing with dementia, it's a long goodbye. Yes. You know, and so is Parkinson's. But dementia is just like, I was upset, but I wasn't that upset because I had actually said goodbye to my mom probably nine months before. Mm-hmm. Because when I walked in the room, I said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm good. She goes, well, who are you? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> oh. mm. So I'm like, okay. And so I was prepared. Mm-hmm. What I wasn't repa- uh, prepared for was the way I was treated in the church during my mom's funeral. Mm. So we're sitting in a pew. Uh, the eulogy is going on, and Shar reaches up and puts her arm around my shoulder like you would. Yeah. And, you know, I had my head down and I just looked up and I happened to glance over and the church organist or pianist, she was on the left, so that should be the piano, uh, was just giving this God-awful horrid look. Mm. And I'm like, what in the world? And then she quickly looked away. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this church. Mm -hmm. I am done with what bothered me the most was here's somebody that is claiming to be Christian Mm -hmm. and they feel comfortable enough in a church at a funeral for someone they know to have that sort of look on their face. Yeah. And, and Shar now, she's a true redhead she was hotter oh my gosh it was like can we get this funeral over and get out of here because hell has no fury like that woman scorned we're gonna have a throw down right here (laughs) oh my gosh y'all better start playing shall we gather at the river because the floodgates is fixing to open yeah yeah yeah. so at Mm -hmm. that point in time i walked away from that church i closed the doors i have not darkened that doorstep since yeah yeah. Because I cannot believe something, like I said, somebody felt that comfortable mm. in doing that. Mm. And it was probably two years later. Mm. You know, we, and we had been to uh, book study classes on Thursday where we studied with Jane and Bill. Two, two great friends. 
And it was actually Jane that said, look, I know your story. Um, she goes, there's this church. She goes, I was actually raised Episcopalian. She said, and there's this church over here. She goes, we need to go one Sunday. And I was like, Jane, I'm not going. <laughs> I said, church can pound sand. I'm not going. You know, I can worship God on the back deck of my house and be one with nature, one with him. I am not. Char goes, well, yeah, sure, we'll go. And I'm like, wait, what? Get our story straight, girl. <laughs> wait, I said no. You said, she goes, we're going. She goes, it's Jane and Bill. How bad could it be? And I'm like, it could be. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so with my jaw in a tight clench, <laughs> we go to this Episcopal church. Beautiful church. Mm -hmm. beautiful church mm -hmm. and we get out of the car and Jane and Bill's there and I guess they're in front of us so I walk in the door and evidently here's this little tiny Italian woman <laughs> uh, named Linda Roberts she's my so-called church ma and ma where where we are where I'm from here it's a sign of respect mm -hmm. when you say hey ma because now I've only got one mama. Yeah. She's my church mom. Yeah. So here's this little tiny Italian woman coming up to me going, hey, how are you doing? And I'm going, who is this crazy woman coming up to me? Because that's not going to happen in the Church of the Chosen Frozen. <laughs> <clears throat> and she goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> She goes, oh, come on with me. You'll be fine. So she drags me and Char. She leaves her post at the vestry thing, mm -hmm. drags us and says, no, you can just sit with us. And now me, all the 15 years I've been in corrections and I did private security a long time before that, I'm going to sit in the back row. Right. Because I need to know where the exits are. I... I first walk in the building and I'm like, okay, there's an exit. There's an exit. There's nobody behind me. If something happens, I'm grabbing Char. We're getting the hell out. Mm -hmm. So Miss Linda goes, no, come on down here and sit with us. I'm like, okay. Char goes, come on. Hmm. So she sits with us during the whole service. Mm. And I'm sitting here and I look to my left and I see another gay couple. And I'm like, and I look at Char, and I'm like, Char, there's gay people over there. Char goes, I see them. I was like, no, there's another one up there, which was uh, Maxine and uh -huh. Elizabeth. Uh -huh. And then the other two, the male couple, and I cannot, Don, Don. Don and Glenn. Mm -hmm. And I look at Linda, and I'm like, you do know we're gay, right? She goes, you do know we don't give a shit. And I'm like, <laughs> and I look at Shaw and I said, this woman doesn't say shit in church. He goes, oh, honey, it's okay. We're Episcopals. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going, okay. And, you know, went up. She goes, now you can go take communion. And I'm like, well, it ain't Christmas. It ain't Easter. 
She goes, no, we do it every Sunday. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, come on. And I'm like, so, okay. So we go up and take communion and Father Joe's there and he looks at me. So we have this thing that we do now every time I go up and get communion when he's there mm-hmm. is I go up and I put my hands up. And when he looks at me and says, body of Christ, I just give this big shitty grin. <laughs> so I'm like, and he just does that. And you can see his lips and I move mm-hmm. on. So Linda, after the service, she goes, well, where are you going? I was like, well, I'm going out to my car and go. She goes, no, honey, we've got coffee hour. I'm like, coffee hour? She goes, yeah, I'm going to introduce you to some people. So here she, here's this little tiny five foot force of of nature. (laughs) She's got tattoos, you know, she's little tiny. She drags me and Char down to the parlor and she's just introducing us to every. Now, you know, I'm not a hugger. Right. I'm getting better. I hug you and I hug you. Yep. So yep. we're baby steps. We, we are privileged. <laughs> so we walk into this coffee hour and it's like all of a sudden, Char and I are the new bright new penny. Uh-huh. Everybody's coming up. Hey, how you doing? You know, you're welcome here. We love everybody. Everybody here can be of service. Please come back. You know, they've got coffee and cookies. And I'm like, hey, coffee and cookies. I'm coming every week. I'm there. So, you know, and Jane and Bill's there. And after the service, I look at Char and Char goes, I think we found our home. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. Because I had been burnt so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And. Father Joe actually came up to us at the coffee hour and he says, look, he says, we don't care. We just want you here. Mm. He says, I can tell by looking at you that you've been hurt by the church. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, definitely. And I said, I'm not sure if I'm going to come back. He says, well, please do. He says, we want you here. We want you both here. Mm. And I'm like, we'll see. So the next Sunday, we get up out of bed, and I'm kind of hesitant, and Char goes, get dressed. I'm like, what? She goes, we're going to church. (laughs) And I'm like, where? She goes, we're going to go to the Episcopal Church. I'm like, okay. So we went, sat in the fifth row from the back. That's our dedicated seats. Uh, My church ma was there. She come up. And here's this little woman come up about jumping my arms and hugging me. And I'm like, oh, 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 I'm not a hugger. She goes, yes, you are. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, And we've been going back ever since. And it's so funny now because it actually feels like home. It's like I can go there. I don't have to worry about snide comments. I mean, even if someone goes there and they're not comfortable with somebody being gay, they don't blatantly show it. They still going to treat you with respect and love. Mm -hmm. That to me is what a true Christian or a follower of Christ is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally, I'm, I'm totally glad that you guys are there. I don't know if I would have been as, as willing to go had I not, you know, I'd, I'd talked to, um, 
you know, to Max and to Elizabeth too. And, I'm, and then I talked to you guys. And, and the, the reason that I went was to get a free space for our group. <laughs> and, and that's how it started to meet with Father Joe to see if I could get a free space and to find out why I would take all of my gay friends to a church for a meeting when they had been burned as I had been burned. So, you know, it was such a big step, but knowing that you guys felt so comfortable just kept resonating with me and you just kept talking about it so lovingly and so comfortably. And I'm like, wow. So do you think that, let me, let me back up a little bit to two things. One thing that I I thought about was that they took away your dream of being a youth minister Mm-hmm. So what happened with that dream and how did you reconcile that, that piece of your life? I took some online courses and became an ordained minister. <laughs> Yay, you. Yay, you. Uh, yeah. I, don't preach, I don't preach in a church. I'd rather not because there's too many hypocrites. Uh-huh. But, you know, I do have people that will contact me. Hey, will you do a gay wedding? Of course right. I will. Yes. You know, I've done straight weddings. I've done gay weddings. You know. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah. So, you know, I've got my ordination um, and, you know, I try to reach out to the LGBT, I'm, you know, the alphabet mafia. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm 62. If we add any more letters, I just, I'm not going to be able to remember it. <laughs> alphabet mafia. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> and that's what I think, you know, here in Asheboro, we need a resource like that. Yes. I mean, you know how scared we were just to march in the Christmas parade. Oh, heck yeah, we were scared. Yeah. You know, I, it, and it shouldn't be like that. Not exactly. Age. It's, I should not have to fear, you know, walking in the mall or, yeah. you know, taking my wife's hand to walk yeah. hand in hand. I see yeah. the younger people doing it, the younger generation. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It's because of us that y'all can do that. Right. But we're you know, still too scared. <laughs> you know, we're scared as hell because we, we've been through that fire. Yeah. yeah. You know, Dar and I have had slurs, you know, thrown at us when we lived in California. Yeah. We've gotten dirty looks, you know, and then I blow up like a bullfrog. If I see somebody looking the wrong way, I mean, it's all of a sudden I'm up here like, you know, yeah, beefing up going, okay, yeah. we in a roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a place here in Randolph County, in Asheboro, somewhere mm-hmm. for teens and even adults that they can go yeah. and, and feel safe. Yes. You know, because the only time we ever see gay people is at the fall festival. Yes. And then you don't you don't acknowledge that you know each other. <laughs> you know, you do that, you know, you either do the head tilt. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or the head nod. Now I go out of my way. If I see a gay couple or a lesbian couple in a group setting, I'll throw up my hand and say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And it freaks them out because it's like, you know, you're doing this out in the open. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But there's got to be a place. There's got to be a resource. Yeah. And not having everybody go to Greensboro, but I don't know how well it would be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even, even today, Patrice had asked me if I could come up with some gay teachers and to talk about, to, to actually be interviewed and talk about integrating LGBTQ curriculum into the school system. And I said to Patrice, I said, listen, you know, in this County, 
They're they probably to- won't be allowed to speak on that because it's some kind of a morality you know, code, or they'd be too scared that they would lose their job. And yeah, so absolutely. it's going to have to probably, I mean, I'll do it. I was in the school system as a school counselor, but, you know, I, I don't know if any actively serving LGBTQ teacher who would actually come out and say that they were gay. Maybe there are some, but I don't know them. Um, but if if anybody does know one <laughs> or two, I'd love to I'd love to meet them and introduce them to Patrice. But anyway, but you're right that that the stigma in this county against gay people is just blatant. It's blatant, and bad things have happened in this county because of that. The other thing that I wanted to go back to is um, with your parents. With the don't ask, don't tell, do you, knowing them as you knew them, do you think that they ever would have understood? I mean, they would have, I think, always loved you, but do you think they would have been able to integrate who you are totally with their belief system from the church? No. Yeah. I would think, in all honesty, if I was going to be honest, I think I would probably have been disowned. Oh. Not from my brothers and sisters, right? You know, but I think, I think they would come around after a while. But their initial response would probably be like, "Yeah, no." Mm-hmm. But their, the saving grace was that I wasn't living in the house, right? Because right. I'm sure if I would have been living in the house, I would have been asked to leave. Wow. But I still, but it's just you know, it's on old thoughts, old beliefs. You know, not basing it on who I was, but I think eventually they would have come around, mm-hmm. you know, so by the grace of God, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't living in the house mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I think they were happy just with me being alive. Yeah. You know, and they accepted Char. Now, Char was, Char was the only one that they actually liked from what <laughs> I could tell from my sister. Ah. Uh. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I still have one brother, love him to death. He loves me. We get along fine. But his belief is, is I'm going to hell because I'm gay. Wow. But you know what? I'm going to love him anyway. And, you know, when when I get to the pearly gates before him, I'm going to show up in my fabulous sequin angel wings. (laughs) I'm going to have a disco ball twirling and I'm going to open that gate and say, ha ha, I told you. That will be a wonderful day. Won't it? <laughs> Not that you're gone, but that we could we could embrace others. Hopefully he'll make it. <laughs> well, that's you know, and that's a sad thing that 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 the way the scriptures have been interpreted all these years have have made really good people into very judgmental Christians. Absolutely. And and it's sad that it has to be that way because in their honor to to their God that they believe in, agreeing with sin makes them also a sinner. And so that's the hard sale. The hard sale is how do I love this person and not judge them when I'm they may lead me to hell. So how did you reconcile that with your own faith and your own teachings and and who you are? You know, it's the, the way I look at it is God has a sense of humor. (laughs) And I believe my God made me this, I don't even, I don't don't even like to say made me this way. Mm -hmm. God created me like this to teach other people tolerance. Mm. 
But I had to learn that tolerance with my family to be able to teach it to others. Because I'm not a flag-waving lesbian, you know, whatever. When people get to know me, they see me. I don't tell them nothing about me, you know, being gay, me and Char being together. It's, it comes up later on in the conversation. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you don't act like what we see on TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah. I said, anytime you see something gay or something lesbian on TV, it's either the flamers mm-hmm. or it's the real butch lesbians that's got the chain, the leather, the everything. I was like, they're not showing us as professionals. Right. They show the extremes. Right. I said, so, you know, and like I said, my job is to teach tolerance to other people. And I had a struggle with, I still have some of that chosen frozen mentality. Yeah. That I'm trying to work through. Yeah. Uh, but I know where I'm going. Yeah. I don't have a doubt in my mind because why would my God create me like this unless he was going to use me for his purpose? Right. Right. You know, and if that purpose is trying to help teens or adults, you know, my house is always open. I can have a pot of coffee on, you know, we can talk. This house is a safe haven. Mm-hmm. And people has just got to learn to, you know, not be scared of us. Yeah. You know, it's like that old saying of, you know, it's lesbian camping season. You may see us out in the wild. <laughs> it's okay to approach. Yeah. <laughs> You'll recognize us in Birkenstocks and tank tops. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. but you know, it's just, it's just to the, it's hard to explain. Um, it took a long time to come to grips with my sexuality, mm-hmm. but it was something that I needed to go through because I needed to be sure of my faith, and I needed mm-hmm. to be sure that the good Lord loved me just the way He made me. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. No. So, no, it's definitely not a choice. And and I don't know anybody who would make that choice. You know, yeah. you, yes, I would love to make the choice to be disowned, excommunicated, possibly beaten and killed, and always told I'm going to hell just because I'm breathing. Yes, please sign me up for that. Everywhere <laughs> to sign. Yep, yep. Well, so um, I think that that your story is is so poignant because not only did you grow up in the church and you had, you had a mission, you, you knew what you were being called to do in this Mm -hmm. world. And as you say, with God's sense of humor, you know, he took that and now your scope is so broad for someone who doesn't, I mean, you know, you were in the article in the paper the other day. You're now on my show. Um, I just, my podcast, I just am so impressed with you and so thankful that you're, that you're just telling your truth and you're allowing people to hear it 
in a way and in formats that are going to be something that a kid could pick up that paper and read that and never tell anybody that they read it. <laughs> But your words will resonate. Your story is going to resonate with those kids and it's going to resonate with people just kind of like with me. And I'm interviewing you that day just because of my business and, you know, to see what what gay people would need out of the, the business I was starting. And and then later it was for that group. But, you know, that day at Burrito Brothers, I think is where we met. <laughs> no, Cafe Express. Did we go to Cafe Express? Yeah, that's right. I don't remember that. Um, oh, no, I mean, not not our first meeting, but when we were talking about the church stuff, did we go to lunch at Burrito Brothers? Yeah, yeah. You know, we drink and we eat, and that's how we socialize. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm sorry. Um, but that, you know, that, that, started, that started my journey of getting back to church after all those years. And I don't, I don't know if I would have done it. I, I just don't, I wasn't ready to do it. I fought it, and I fought it. And... Um, I'm really glad that I did it, you know, but you know, it was uncomfortable for me as it was uncomfortable for you. And that's what gave me some hope that if you were still there, <laughs> that said a lot to me that you were still oh, there. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Well, and, and we both give props to father Joe that, that his, his ability to cut through the scriptures and to put it in such a sensible way and, and look at how the interpretations have led all ministers down the wrong path. Oh, um, absolutely. And, and all, and have led all of us mostly away from church. So, um, but he's, he's a gem. And um, I, you know, I came, I came for certain reasons and I'm staying because like you, I feel like it's home and the people there uh, and led by Father Joe is just a combination that's hard to walk away from once you get to experience it. And just so people know, if you are in the local area and you want to go to the, the Church of the Good Shepherd, not everybody hugs you. So, <laughs> Although we are kind of a hugging group, but not now because we're socially distancing and right. we're following the rules of safety. But, <laughs> but the, yeah. um yeah, we'll have to, you know, how um, when you go down for Eucharist, if you don't want the Eucharist, you can cross your, your arms over your chest and they'll just give you a blessing. Well, <laughs> maybe the new people just go ahead and cross your hands over your chest. And, like, I don't want to be touched today. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But it's a great place and it's it's absolutely um, open. And it, it, the, the thing the thing that I love about it is that it's not, Father Joe didn't say to you, we really want you here because behind your back, we're going to pray for your soul. He yeah. wanted you there because he knew that you had a right to be gay and still have a relationship with God. And yes. that that was your birthright. And so, you know, those churches that have that welcome sign out there, everyone's welcome, but that doesn't mean that they embrace you as you, as you authentically are. No, no. But, but we, we Episcopalians at the Church of the Good Shepherd yeah. do. <laughs> so that's, all right. So what else is on your heart before I get to my final question? Uh, is there anything else that you want to share with the good listeners of the Gay With God podcast? No, you know, it's like I've always, here's the thing, you know, you know who Harvey Milk is? Yes. You know, I try to follow his plan. Mm-hmm. We have got to give hope. Mm. You know, we have got to give our kids, our youth. I mean, I don't have kids. Thank goodness. Uh, But I've got nieces and nephews. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, if one of them was gay, we have got as a gay community, us older ones, 
we have got to give them hope. Mm-hmm. You know, hope that they can make it through whatever struggle, hope that they know that there's, you know, other people out there just like them that struggled in a different time. Mm-hmm. I just want them to, you know, and it's like I said in the article, find us, help mm-hmm. us find you. Yeah. So, yeah, good, 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 good. So the final question that I always ask all of my guests is that what is the one thing that you would share with someone who is struggling that you wish maybe that per- somebody had said to you back when you were struggling, either coming out or, or with your faith, what is the one thing that you would have wanted somebody to share with you? It's okay. You're not going to hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be just fine. You're going to have some struggles, but we got you. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That resonates with me today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank you, Martha. Absolutely. I want to thank you for honoring us with your faith journey story. And I want to thank the listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information or connect with Martha uh, later, I'll be putting some links in the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And you can, you'll see a lovely picture of her. And then you will also be able to connect with her. If you're struggling, if you want to reach out, if you want to have her marry you, um, not, you know, her marry you, but marry you and whoever you want to be married to. (laughs) We can get you in touch with Martha. So if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. So you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community. And one of those ways would be check us out on Facebook. I have a group called Gay With God, and you are welcome to join that group. And if you do, please answer all the questions, because I really want to be able to know that you're the right fit for the group and we're the right fit for you. So thanks so much, everybody. See you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.